Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the kitchen five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you die for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Beginning, man. 
Huh? <laughs> hey, man, well, it's all right, man. I understand. You know, I understand how that could be, too. But, you know, it's one of the little silly things I like to say to get people tuned in, uh-huh. you know, make them pay, make them t- pay attention. Because sometimes people got their eyes open, but they're still asleep. Well, you know, I, I thought uh, maybe I'm supposed to take down my windows, and then I thought, no, I think I'll ask first. So it's good to good to <laughs> clear that up for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. That, now, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> so, man, tell us a little bit about you, Bill. Where you come from, man? How you doing, man? Where you come from, Bill? Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing great, Lamont. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm, I'm living in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I've lived here pretty much my whole life um, and uh, live in the uh, world-famous Kansas City City Market area. And uh, I had a, I had a moment uh, this morning, man. Uh, I got up, and uh, I'm kind of one of those early bird types, right? And I got up and went to make my coffee, and my coffee maker broke. And, and wow. it was then that I realized the value of living where I live because I walked a half a block to the coffee shop and, and got my coffee even though my machinery wasn't working. So, yeah, but uh, I uh, live in Kansas City. I've been here my whole life. was uh, born and raised here, went to school here, uh, did my corporate gig uh, for the longest time uh, right here based out of Kansas City. And uh, uh, a, a little over a year ago, I retired from the corporate world and uh, started focusing a little bit more on music. I've been I've been doing music. I did it a bunch when I was a kid, uh, but uh, picked it back up in uh, 2014 and uh, came out with um, a string of different albums and projects since then. And uh, really enjoy. Uh, I'm enjoying the ride, man. I'm just living the dream, right? So. Uh, uh, getting to hang out and make some music and talk to folks like you. This is my first interview of 2022, so uh, I've been oh, looking wow. forward to it. Well, bless up for that one. Bless up for that one, man. You know, so the show will be available to everybody worldwide at the beginning of this first year, man. So, again, I thank you for coming through. You know, it's always good for me to talk to uh Solid guys, you know. I'm, I'm from Texas, man. So, you know, we come from a different come from a different pace. So, I got a lot of family in Kansas as well. Yeah, yeah. I've done. Uh, I've been in Texas a lot. Uh, I was through Texas, uh, Houston, and Austin uh, on my last tour. Uh, that was before COVID. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, I like Texas. I've got some some pretty good stories about Texas. So. Well, I just like the food from down there, man. You know, California is a little different, man. You know, the food out here looks pretty, but it doesn't taste so good. You know, the food down there, it looks good and it tastes like it's supposed to. You know, a tomato tastes like a tomato, you know. Out yeah. here, you know, it's, it's, it's grown so fast to feed so many people. And it's just a whole different situation. But anyway, yeah. I won't talk about food unless I do my food. <laughs> Bill, it, um, um, uh, you said you started playing music early on in life and kid. I mean, did you did your parents do music, play music? Yeah, I had a, a musical family, and uh, they were very involved. Uh, I mean, I started when I was little, and uh, uh, they were very involved in church and church music and all that. And uh, I, I was in a couple of 
groups, church groups that uh, went all over the United States and, and played all over the place and did all kinds of stuff. And I started doing that when I was about 12 or 13. And then uh, uh, that kind of evolved through school, uh, through high school and, and college. And, you know, I played uh, kind of all over the Midwest and, and uh, did a few big shows and that kind of thing. It was fun. Uh, and then uh, when I was 19 or so, uh, I had to set that aside uh, for a time uh, and heal up uh, some vocal problems that I had and uh, uh, set it aside for a really long time and uh, did the whole corporate gig uh, after that for 43 and a half years. And, uh, and in 2014, I came back to music and, and looked in my drawer where I had written uh, you know, different ideas and concepts and some songs. Uh, over all those years and thought, you know, I wonder if there's a market, uh, if anybody's interested in, in hearing this kind of music. And so went in and made an album and, and uh, it kind of took off. Uh, and uh, we had a couple of pretty good songs on there that uh, people really enjoyed listening to and then followed that up with another and another and another. And then uh, in 2001, we released uh, an EP that I recorded during quarantine, which is, which is an event really. Uh, but, uh, an EP of four songs that's, uh, titled, who are you, who am I? So that's my, that's my latest work that I've got out. And, uh, right now, um, I'm in the process of, uh, getting back into the studio and recording, uh, the next pro project. So, uh, exciting times, exciting times, just trying to work through the, the changes and the challenges, you know, the things that thrown at us here with uh, our friend Miss COVID. So, trying to get through it. I know. I was talking to uh, one of my other uh, film producer buddies uh, a little bit earlier today, and then I, I was, you know, we was talking about this whole music thing because you know the part of what I do is you know the music thing as well. Um, that because of this COVID thing is making uh, people become more creative, especially how they get heard. And I was talking uh -huh. about here, you know, the old uh, theaters, the old drive-ins that we used to go to when we were kids. You know, I'm seeing a yeah. lot of them coming back, and uh, and a lot of tours, a lot of artists are utilizing those uh, venues for streaming events. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that I've been impressed with with the entire industry, really, uh, during, you know, all the, the quarantine and all the stuff that we go through. But uh, the, the live streaming thing, uh, I thought was very, very cool and how, uh, how folks learned quickly uh, to utilize that technology, get themselves out and, uh, you know, kind of stay in touch with their fans and get their music out there. And uh, pretty impressive, very impressive stuff. You know, you've been, you you hit on the point there, Bill, that, you know, I've had a lot of guests and I deal with a lot of, you know, artists from, you know, the, the, the late 40s, early 50s, that, that era that not um, really computer literate, and they find it real challenging um, to, 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 to get with the technology. And some of them don't even want to embrace it, but I'm like, you know, in a few more years, you won't even be able to buy gas unless you know something about some type of technology. So yeah, exactly. How, do you, exactly. how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that learning curve? Have you always been computer lit, or is it something that you had to pick up? Yeah, no, it's kind of what I did in my corporate gig. So you know, computers have always been fun for me. 
and uh, uh, so to, to embrace different and new technologies, you know, uh, is, is something that I kind of enjoy doing. I like figuring it out and uh, and figuring out how to use it uh, to, you know, to do what I want to do. I don't, I don't even know uh, how many uh, live stream concerts I did. Uh, it was in the hundreds, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, no, it was great. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was really what we had to work with at the time, right? So it was either that or kind of disappear. So uh, I kind of embraced the live stream thing and did uh, did shows for different uh, radio stations and stuff all over the world. That, uh, speaking of embracing technology, you know, the uh, uh, I got asked to do a show for this uh, radio station out of Australia. And I thought, oh, this is cool, man, because, you know, it's Australia, and they play my music right. quite a bit there. And and uh, I thought, well, this is great, you know, and they want me, man, we want you on prime time uh, Friday night. You know, it's going to be great. We're going to have thousands of people online, blah, 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 blah. And I said, man, I can't wait. I just love to do it. And then I remembered that there's a bit of a time difference <laughs> Kansas, Kansas City, and Melbourne. So I ended up doing a, a two-hour concert that started at six o'clock in the morning here in Kansas City uh, uh, to get to Melbourne during prime time. So yeah, I can embrace the technology, but sometimes I just forget to do the math, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, it's just fantastic to even hear that you that you say that because you know I remember at the time when we didn't have the internet and. It, we had the music stores on every other corner, and it, it took us uh, weeks to send some uh, music across the pond, and it was just a whole different time. Now you could send a whole CD in less than 30 seconds. Yeah, 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 I know the technology's great for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it caused a lot of people in major record companies to lose their jobs because now a lot of the A&R departments don't exist anymore because if you don't have a lot of views and a lot of hits and a lot of likes, they're not really looking for you anyway. Yeah, that's that's a, a challenge. I was actually listening to uh, one of your previous interviews uh, where you kind of got off into that, and uh, I, I think that's unfortunate, you know, that uh, in today's world, uh, your presence on social media and all that had so much to do with, uh, uh, you know, how many people will will actually, you know, stop and listen to what you're doing. Uh, you know, I kind of uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit old school in this way. I, I kind of go with the quality of the product, you know. And uh, uh, if I run across somebody and I like what they're doing, I don't care how many likes they get, you know. Uh, but uh, it's part of the world today, you know, social media and, and uh, you know, using using the web uh, to get your music out there is part of the gig. So you have to embrace it. Right. But, uh, I think it, uh, it's somewhat unfortunate that, uh, uh a lot of the, the bigger record companies and stuff, that, that's really their gig. You know, if, if you don't have, you know, 5 million followers, they're really not interested in you. You know, that's a little tough. So. It's a bless. It's definitely a blessing and a curse because like you said, it's a lot of, uh, up-and-coming artists that that it gives them the ability to to get the music out there but then again uh, with that they also have to be uh, have some uh, uh, social networking happening for people to even know that they're there but mm-hmm. then there's a lot of artists that's not really computer literate that that are, are solid dynamite artists I mean fantastic artists that that go unnoticed because of that you know so 
understand. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I have thoughts about that. I mean, I'm I'm not uh, completely computer illiterate, but uh, I also think that uh, one of the things that that artists need to do today uh, in today's world is understand their limitations, right? So, so you know, I'm a singer songwriter. That's what I do, you know, and I produce music and. Uh, as far as you know, marketing and, and social media and all that, um, you know, I do a bit, uh, but there are folks out there that that's what they do and that's that's their expertise. And and uh, I've always been a fan of uh, uh, you know let people do what they do best. And uh, <laughs> you know, I work with uh, uh, you know different management companies, MTS Management, and uh, you know some other folks. Uh, along the way to do the radio promo and, you know, and, and all that stuff and uh, the social media company, you know, that takes care of that stuff for me. So uh, I could look at it one or two ways, right? Uh, it costs me a bit, but, you know, uh, it, it's it's helping the economy, you know, all the way through. And secondly, uh, it's really not my forte. And uh, I can get really, really bored with social media really, really fast. And, and uh so the best thing to, for me, anyway, is to uh, get out of the way, let folks do what they do. And uh, it, it's worked out pretty well for me. Well, that's a jewel within itself. Uh, uh, you got to, first of all, let people do what they do. And then you have to have some understanding of people doing what they do. And then the third part uh, uh, that you left out was, uh, people really have to understand this is the music business. It's not the music play because a lot of artists go out there and they don't really have a clear understanding of what they want to do and how they want to do it. And they have to have that understanding before they can put those other pieces in place that you just spoke of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges uh, is to find your audience, right? So, um, you know, my music is not going to be top 40 just done. I, I understand that, right? Um, but to find your audience and to find your listening base uh, is, is really, it's really a challenge in today's world, you know, when there's, you know, a couple of hundred thousand new songs released every day uh, across the globe and, and how do you fit into that and, and how do you point your music in the right direction and how do you get it to the ears of the people uh, that you think may like it? And uh, it's tough. It's tough. And that's where... <laughs> Uh, that's where using some, you know, other third-party options and, and, and folks that do that for a living, you know, that's where there's a lot of value to that. I quit every day, Bill, and I start back the next day. So what's my problem? <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Right? <laughs> Don't we all? Well, Bill, listen, listen. Let's do this, man. Let's let our listeners put their ears on some of your music, man. We got a few of your songs queued up here. Um See, more than meets the eye, uh, thousand wild horses, and who are you and who am I? So, what should we give them first? Well, it depends on what you want. Uh, uh, the first um, single that we released uh, from this EP was the More Than Meets the Eye song, and it's uh, uh, it's got a bit of an edge to it. Uh, we were talking about social media; uh, it was the number one most liked posted, shared, blah, 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 social media song uh, that I've ever had. And it's got a bit of, uh, it's got a, bit of a, a political tent to it. And uh, uh, I wrote it during quarantine when, uh, you know, it seemed like all of the, 
information that we were getting was changing literally by the minute. And uh, we couldn't really get a whole lot of clarity on what was going on uh, in the, in the uh, COVID world. So uh, that's a, that's a, that's a good one to start with. Yeah. Huh? Well, do we have clarity now, Bill? No, 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 no. I was, uh, (laughs) I'm unfortunately, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm unfortunately a bit of a news junkie and uh, uh, yeah, no, Uh, no, we got no clarity. Bill, don't say that, man. Don't say that. I'm going to tell you why, man. Some, Some kids told me the other day, they said, you know how you tell when you're getting old? And I said, how can you tell? They said, because you guys just look at the news all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably more true than I would like for it to be. Uh, but I do have <laughs> rules about that, actually. Uh, I have rules about when I, when I watch the news in that, in that I change the station every 15 minutes. Uh, because, uh, you know, the news stations are only going to, you know they're they're going to play to their base just like you know I'm going to play my music to my base right that's what they're going to do and so in order to get a uh, a little bit more of a broad look at what's going on you really just can't lock and load on on one particular station or one particular publication you know you just really have to invest some time and uh, it's unfortunate you know that, that that's the case but that's the case so that's my rule i do watch the news but i do change the channel regularly <laughs> yeah well, you, you said 15 minutes and i was t- trying to figure out is that a global rule because uh my best friend millie jackson who does a lot of country uh, stuff as well uh, she has a 15 minute rule if somebody hasn't said anything about a gig or some type of work in 15 minutes she's off the phone so I was just wondering, was 15 minutes is a global rule to turn stuff on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I get that just from the the you know the bias and stuff that goes on uh, in media, and uh, uh, I I just can't take it, you know. So uh, I do like to know, or at least try to pretend that I know what's going on. So um, I found that just changing every 15 minutes is is pretty decent. You know, it's a pretty good way to go about it. So. Um, and, and, you know, it comes back from, you know, a little bit of my corporate world, you know, uh, I, I, a lot of what I did in the corporate world was talk and, uh, do presentations and speak to, uh, you know, different conferences and that kind of thing. And if you can't make your point in 15 minutes, chances are you don't know what you're talking about. So, um, yeah, I'm a 15 minute guy. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, some of my songs are 15 minutes long. That makes it a little bit brutal, but. That was a joke. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Everyone, you know the rules. Turn the, let the windows down. Turn the air conditioner up. Put your ears on this. This is Bill Abernathy and more than meets the eye. Decisions based on biased lies Determining who lives and dies Whose freedoms are lost Whose justice is blind There's so much more to this Than meets the eye 
the musical intonations and genres and stuff that, that really accentuate what you have to say. That's kind of the magic of songwriting to me. So, yeah, I do write the lyrics first in all my songs. Is that one of the things that you say, uh, would you say or consider uh, unique about your music? Is your approach? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's unique. Um, uh, it's just different, you know. I'm, and I'm not the only guy, you know, that, that does that. Uh, but, um, you know, a, a lot of musicians will do it the other way. You know, they'll come up with a really cool lick or a really cool, uh, you know, vibe. And they'll go, oh, yeah, this is cool. You know, I know a lot of the, the uh, uh, you know, the great rock bands of all time. The Rolling Stones, that's how they wrote. You know, they'd come up with a right. lick. They'd come up with a hook, you know. And then, uh, you know, while they were playing the hook, somebody would sit down and, and start writing some lyrics that they thought went with the hook. Well, it's the same thing with me on the backwards. I just start with the lyrics and then uh, I find the hooks and all that stuff later. So. No, I understand. I understand. You know, it's just that I don't get to talk to too many people that that do it your way. You know, so it's, it's always good to hear. You know, there's always a, another way, you know what I mean? But Oh, yeah. Uh, your uh, your, uh, your well, way, that, exactly. Uh, it makes sense, you know, your way, but it seems like the other way people, like you said, they come up with the hook or uh, the vibe, and then they, you know, they sit down and and write that way. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no right or wrong. I know that's the whole thing. I think it's just up to, you know, the artist and, and you know, what works for you. And, um, you know, it just so happens to me, I'm a storyteller, effectively, right? So to me, you know, I come up with the story and what I want to say and, you know, roughly how I want to say it. And then I'll start playing around with the music uh, to use the music itself to accentuate the story. So just a different way to go about it. No right or wrong. It's just my thing. So, Bill, when did you, when did you decide that the guitar was your, your instrument? <laughs> when I was little. Um, I took piano lessons. That was the, I think everybody does that, right? And, uh, uh, you know, I took some piano lessons and, and got to where, you know, I could plunk around on it pretty decent, you know, and, and uh, uh, but I couldn't find, uh, probably because of my skill level, realistically, I just couldn't seem to be able to get a lot of feeling uh, into a song with a piano. Uh, and again, you know, obviously some of the great artists of all time do, uh, but I couldn't, and it was, you know, again, probably based on my skill level. And uh, at that time, you know, in, in, in my youth, you know, that was kind of the, you know, the 60s, early 70s folk rock stuff, you know, and it was all about the guitar and all about, you know, how uh, how the artists played the guitars and all that. And so my, my dad got me a guitar, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just found that, uh, to me, that was... You know that was the instrument that worked best for me, and uh, uh, though I still did you have, you know, did you have long hair, Bill? Uh, you know, man, I'll have to tell you, there was a time <laughs> in the uh, in the seventies uh, when I had a huge afro. Uh, it was uh, it was all natural. I had really curly hair when I was a kid, and uh, uh, I had this great big huge afro. And I can remember when I take my football on football helmet off, you know, it looked like a big sponge and just boing, 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 you know. Uh, yeah, but I had the long hair and, you know, the, the bell-bottom pants and, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, I was a, I was a hippie. I think I still am at heart, you know. Um, 
Mother Nature has decided I don't need long hair anymore. As a matter of fact, she's decided that I don't need a lot of hair anymore. But, you know, it's what it is. You adjust. You know, I was thinking because I was hearing the, your, your story, you know, about the the piano, and it's making me think back. You say, "Well, well, we all started that way," and it's so very true. Um, I, I started out on the piano too, but then it wasn't too many guys um, out there, you know, that I kind of wanted to be like, you know, um, you know, Little Richard and some of them other guys out there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't cool. I didn't really want to be like that. So anyway. Uh, I ended up going through the horn thing, and I ended up with the saxophone. Yeah, good choice. So I ended up doing. I ended up with the saxophone for many years, and until um, I found out about the microphone, and then I had to go do something yeah. different. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, another bad thing about the piano, right, is that you know when you're young, right, and you're playing music, you obviously want to impress the girls, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of it. <laughs> that was the main yeah. motivation for me getting rid of the saxophone and getting rid of grabbing the microphone. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you know, if you're trying to play music and impress a girl, it's pretty hard to drag a piano with you all the time, you know? <laughs> that's so, true. That's I, true. I found early on that I can, I can put an acoustic guitar in a case, and I'm pretty well free to go anywhere and play for anybody I wanted. So that may have had a little something to do with me playing the guitar, just saying. Yeah. Just a little bit, I understand. But it's so, but hey, look, but it's so cool and and inviting to see a guy, you know, sitting on a park bench that actually can play, and the ladies just walking by, you know. I, I got yeah. it, the whole look thing. Yeah, yeah. Some people call it a guitar, and other other people call it a chick magnet. You know, it just depends on what you what what your what your points are, right? <laughs> exactly. Look, what we got here, A Thousand Wild Horses, and um, who are you and who am I? What do you think? Yeah, so uh, I would say let's go with A Thousand Wild Horses. It's a, it's a song that I actually I actually didn't write it. Um, <clears throat> it was written by another artist named Gary Burr. And uh, uh, I fell in love with it the first time that I heard it, knew that at some point I would, I would record it and put it on a it on one of my projects, but uh, it, it's a great song. Uh, lyrically, it's a fantastic song. It talks about uh, the baggage that we all carry with us, you know, things that have happened in our past and, you know, bad relationships or, you know, addiction problems or, you know, whatever. And uh, it talks about those, it draws an analogy uh, to all of those things being like a thousand wild horses running behind you, hell-bent on running you down and uh the what gary did uh lyrically uh with this song is really 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 spectacular and uh i absolutely love it and uh this will be a great example of why i like being a singer songwriter because this is a little bit different genre than than more than meets the eye so this is what i would call pure americana music and how many guitars do you have bill uh, uh, 12, uh, 12. <laughs> Wait, look, well, we're going to get back to the dames after we listen to the song. Okay. <laughs> a Thousand Wild Horses, everybody. Mr. Bill Abernathy. 
know, let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, and put your ear on this. Thank you. Gary did a great job writing that song. You know, there's a, I think we can all relate to it, right? Because we've all got things from our past that uh, tend to follow us around a little bit. And uh, you know, he just likens them 
He just likens them to a thousand wild horses. There's a, a passage in that song that I absolutely love, and I can certainly relate to it, right, where it just says that right now they're just a big cloud of dust, but pretty soon I'm going to do something stupid like I tend to do, and I let them loose. So if you're thinking that maybe you're the one who could save me, baby, this ain't no merry-go-round. It's a thousand wild horses thundering behind me, hell-bent on running me down. I can certainly relate to that one, right? Absolutely. I could hear that song in a film somewhere. (laughs) That's a great song, yeah. It's a great song. He did a good job writing that song. Yeah. So, so Bill, do you you tour with a band or you go out by yourself? It depends. Um, it depends. So, uh, bands are expensive, as you well know. <laughs> and uh, uh, the last tour that I went on, um, I opened the tour uh, with a band show and uh, full band, and then I toured solo, uh, which is really my favorite thing to do uh, because you can tell the stories, and you know you don't have to stick so hard to the to the script, right? To the set list, and and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I do both. Uh, but I I really prefer actually to play solo uh, for a couple of reasons: the freedom that it gives me uh, to go anywhere, really, uh, and uh, to play just about any place. And um, you know, and then in, in today's world, you know, it's it's expensive. You know, it's expensive to tour with a band, and and uh, um, so you know, I, I kind of do a mix. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to make it simple, just say it's less headaches, but okay. <laughs> well, there's that, but, you know, I'm fortunate that uh, the guys that I play with uh, are all studio guys, and uh, right. for the most part, they're jazz guys, uh, jazz musicians, and uh, uh, they, wow. they're all a little bit like me. You know, I always like to tell people I didn't get the gray in my beard from a bottle. You know, we've all kind of been around and and a little right. bit of been there, done that. So you know that uh, that experience tends to minimize the drama. So yeah. oh, absolutely. And and and, and uh, like like the people that was around me, they said if you could play jazz, you can pretty much play anything. Yeah, I always uh, I have to tell the guys when we go in the studio that uh, just remember who you're playing with now. So you got to dumb it down, <laughs> dumb it down. Yeah, you know, keep it simple. You know. Yeah. yeah, they play anything. So, so Bill, if if uh, would you put your music in any particular genre or no? Uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't, but you do. You know, it's part of the business. You know, you alluded to the. You can probably hear my pup, or he's uh, my pup. Orp is now decided it's time to wake up and play a bit. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, that kind of stick in the singer-songwriter thing uh, because that gives you the flexibility to pretty much play and you know any anything that you want to play, uh, uh, and you still you know be really really flexible. I know that there's a lot of different genres, and you know we've had stuff, uh, you know tunes off the various records that have been played, you know on picket stations, you know all the way from from rock. I won an award one time for rock album thing, and and you know we've got some songs that are that are kind of ease into the blues world a little bit, you know. Uh, we've got some songs that are folk songs, so you know my my one big number one hit uh, that I had was actually on folk music, uh, so. 
Uh, I think that, that when you try to when you try to take an artist and lock them in a box, right? You're really limiting uh, what what they can do. Uh, and so I try to avoid that. Uh, but there's this one <laughs> this one genre that they dreamed up that they call Americana, and nobody knows what that means, right? But uh, it tends to be folks. It tends to be folks that run in different directions, and they might play a rock song, and then a country song, and then a folk song, and then a you know. And so Americana is what most most of the publications and stuff call call my music, and I think it's because they just can't figure out where to put it. So, okay. <laughs> well, uh, they just put it in the mixing bowl and mix it up. It's okay. There you, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, but that that's but, but that's all right too though. Um, I notice a lot of artists too. Well, they get comfortable dealing with one uh, uh, production or say a producer. And how do you feel about working with old, other producers? Oh, I, we do. Um, uh, I've had one guy that uh, uh, that I've worked with on every one of my projects, uh, but we bring in people, you know. And when you're working with uh, different musicians and different engineers, right, you can find, that as long as you're open-minded, right, they're right. going to have some input. They're going to have some ideas. And, and I was playing this, we were doing these uh, in-the-studio recording things, right, and uh, just making videos of us, you know, recording stuff in the studio. And uh uh, one of the guys, which unfortunately he's he's now passed away, but he was a he was a a a, 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 a bass guy, you know, and he had traveled all over the world, toured with a bunch of people, and you know he was a jazz cat, you know, and uh, but he toured playing country music, right, because that's evidently where he could make money, and and uh, he came in and we were playing. And he goes, hey, Bill, why don't you do this? Why don't we try this? Why don't we do this? He was a really cool guy. And uh, we ended up, I ended up using a lot of what he came up with in the in the finished product because it was just different. You know, he had different ideas that I would have. So I think that working with other people, working with other musicians, producers, engineers, it's always good. Everybody has different ideas. They're not always good, you know. And uh, as the artist, I always like to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything, but I've got, you know, last right of refusal for sure, right? But, uh, um, yeah, no, I think it's great, you know, uh, because different people, they have different experiences, you know, and they're going to hear things different ways, you know. Like like on A Thousand Wild Horses, this is an odd thing, right? We made the record, right? It was done, and I was playing it uh, for this small group of friends that I have, that I always have to listen to my music before I put it out. What do you guys think of this? Where should it go? You know, what, you know, who, who should I push this to? That kind of thing, right? And one of the guys, he's actually the guy that does my photography work, right? said, Bill, that song really needs a mandolin. Well, I'd never put a mandolin on any of my songs, right? But right. I thought, why not? You know, so we, we go back in the studio and, you know, and we bring a, a guy in from local guy that's really, really good, and he played, and I thought, Shh, that's perfect, you know. So you never know where those ideas are going to come from. It may not even become a – they may not even come from a musician. I mean, this guy takes pictures. That's, that's what's his job, right? But he said, I really hear a mandolin in that song, and sure enough, there it is. So That's great, too. And I guess the, the – 
the jewel in that whole thing is to you know to stay open because as an artist, if you stay open, you, you can find things that you didn't know that was there and have the ability to adapt. And I don't know why you know some artists. You know, they get hung up on production situations and the producer don't allow them to work other producers, but I think that is totally limiting, you know, the artists in every sense of the word. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's value to both sides, right? It depends on who you are. So I don't necessarily, this is terrible, really, from a business standpoint, but I don't necessarily go in to make hits. Not my thing, right? I've had a few, right? But I don't go in to make a hit because when you go in to make a hit, there's a certain formula, right, that is followed from, you know, not only the writing, uh, but the production and the whole nine yards, right? And that's why a lot of our hits today sound a hell of a lot alike, right? Because it's a formula. It's what people are used to, and it's what people are going to hear, and that's what people are going to buy. So if that's where your thing, right, then it's good to, to work with the same people that could generate that same sound, right, for you all the time. But that's not my thing. So... You know, nothing right. wrong with it. People do it all the time and make a hell of a lot more money doing it than I do, right? But it's just not my thing. So yeah, but, huh? hey, but it only it only works if it works because it don't have to work. But yeah, yeah. I said you got to get the right people, okay? Exactly. Get the right people and they get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, who are you and who am I? Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, um, so this is a song that uh, uh, is very, very personal to me. Um, you know, it's that singer-songwriter thing where, uh, you know, you reach into your chest and you pull out your heart and you hang it out here and let everybody take shots at it, right? Uh, that's what that's what this song is all about. Um, and it's, uh, it's about my journey and discovery to find out who I am really physically, right? Um, and and uh, it's really about a dream. I've had, I've had a recurring dream uh, my whole life, and uh, uh, this song is written pretty much about that dream, or uh, a muse, if you would, or you know, an angel or a you know, vision, whatever, uh, leads me to a place that. Uh, I revisit different emotional times in my life, right? Different times when, um, you know, emotions ran heavy, when, you know, I got angry or I, my heart was broken or, you know, pick an emotion, right? And uh, uh, I don't know who that person is, who that person is in this dream. And so um, uh, I sat down and and wrote this song just called Who Are You and Who Am I? Because I can't figure out who they are, but they are telling me who I am. And it's really it's really all about music <laughs> to me. And it's all about where the music lives and and uh how emotions uh that that men typically I'll, I'll do a stereotypical statement here, men typically are not so good with emotions, right? Um, where those emotions live. Well, that's fact, right? So, uh, you know, where do those emotions live and how can I visit those places uh, to get inspiration and to understand why in some situations in life I respond the way that I do. And uh, that's really what Who Are You, Who Am I is all about. And it is really what I call my wheelhouse. It's uh, 12-string guitars and it's, 
Um, yeah, it's it's my thing. This is my favorite my favorite type of music uh, that I like to play. So, all right, well, we're gonna do what we do, ladies and gentlemen. You know the rules. Turn the air conditioner up. Let the windows down. Put your ear on this, Mr. Bill Abernathy. And who are you, and who am I?
appreciate that. Yes, Bill. This has been a great, great, great time I was able to spend with you. I definitely appreciate you, but we're out of time. It's, uh, it always goes by fast when you're having a great conversation. Yeah, same with me. Same with me, man. So uh, thank you very much for having me on, and I, I had really enjoyed our, our discussion today. Well, let everybody know... Um, where they can catch up with you, where they can hear, go get your music and all that good stuff. Uh, probably the best place to go. Uh, you just can start at my website, which is just BillAbernathy.com. And, you know, there you can see a little bit more about me and some of the projects and all those different things. And, of course, all the links uh, to all the different places, you know, with Amazon and, and iTunes and Spotify and, you know, all the other places that, that uh, music is available out there today. So, uh, but uh, go to my website and, and check me out. And um, uh, you can find, you know, where I live on social media and all those places on there as well. So I would appreciate y'all doing that. All right. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate you, man. And uh, continued success, man. I love what you do. Keep on doing what you're doing and keep on keeping it real. That I shall. And I will continue living the dream, man. Absolutely, that's the main thing And for all my listeners Everybody that joined the show uh, Late uh, It'll be ready for you in about two seconds In its entirety, worldwide You know, and if you're not sure Where you can hear the show You know what I'm going to say You know, ask your mama, ask your daddy Ask the man across the street, the guy at the gas station Your milkman or the guy at the market Somebody will be able to tell you Where they can hear the show so you don't have no excuse All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week, same time. You know what I mean? So come back. 
uh, alwaysworldmovement.com. You can get everything right there, and we love you much, and we'll see you guys next week, same time. Peace. Doesn't want